guys, welcome to the Hacks Basely Show. My name is Basely Yorobi and I am the CEO and founder of Connectex Global. In this podcast, I will answer to the couple questions about tech, entrepreneurship, and life. Hello, Elan. How you feel? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Great, 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 great. Hi, everyone. My name is Basri Yorobi. Um, but today, today is not about me. It's about Elan. So, Elan. Can you introduce yourself and um, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell, tell me more about you. So I am the founder and president of a foundation called the Reboot Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is to fund researchers and experiments and research around how to continue to develop critical thinking. Um, and aside from this foundation that I created, uh, my professional background is in the last 25 years, I worked with multiple diverse companies in company transformations and crisis management, which seems to be a little bit of a theme today with the coronavirus 19. Yeah. Um, and today I'm an active board member in multiple companies. Wow. Impressive. So. Uh, is it honor and privilege to, to talk with you because you have a, lo- a lot of stuff, a lot of stories, a lot of journey, a great journey, you know, and this journey is not yet done yet. And uh, it's very cool uh, to have you today. Um, what are your ritual and your routine when you wake up? What did you do first? Like you, I don't know, like you open the door, you you take a coffee, you you take a sour <laughs> bread, I don't know, you know, what, what do you do first? So everything I'm going to say about my morning ritual is probably what everybody says, don't do. It's not very healthy, but I'm (laughs) going to be very blunt and honest with you that um, the first thing I do is grab a cup of coffee. Okay. Uh, uh, It's much nicer if my husband brings me that cup of coffee, but sometimes I'll do it myself. Um, That's the first thing I do. I actually um, am very unpleasant until I've had at least five cups of my coffee in the morning. So. That's probably the most essential thing. And then um, another not very healthy thing to do, probably the second thing I do is check my emails. And oh, that's why that that you say it's the worst. Terrible, terrible. I know I should be saying on your program, the first thing I do is get out of bed and meditate, but I don't. So I start with the coffee and then I check my emails. Um, and then the third thing I actually do is um, I jump into my... Um, Closed uh, to go uh, to a sports class. Uh, I, I love doing uh, what we call boot camp. It's actually kind of high intensity training, mm-hmm. and um, I find it super efficient. You sweat and you know work out for 50 minutes, um, and, and then you're kind of done for the day in terms of sports for the day. So those are my three usual rituals in the morning of which i guess the third is somewhat healthy because it's yeah the third is more healthy because the taking them you know, <laughs> you know, when you wake up. you're not supposed to do i do it <laughs> okay okay gotcha I, I i don't judge you i don't judge you but yeah it's very it's very cool like to start with coffee check an email and after that break it down with a boot camp you know it's cool um yeah interesting so what are the three mobile applications you use the most? I think I, I know because you say you check an email, but I won't just be sure. What is your three mobile apps you use the most? 
So I, I won't. I so I won't count the email or the three mobile apps. Um, okay. First, I actually use a lot of Google Map. Um, you know, trying to figure out where to go to and things like that. So uh, when I have appointments, I, I find I use a lot of Google Map. Um, I admit I use quite a bit of WhatsApp. My daughter, my husband, we communicate a lot in WhatsApp. Actually, my entire family of uh, my entire family uses a lot of WhatsApp. Um, and then the third is I actually um, listen to a lot of music on iTunes. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed, but recently during the confinement, we're all listening to the 80s music, um, you know, like, okay. um, and gosh, in the 80s, they had all these great names of groups like Survivor, Journey, you know, um, so, so I think those are the three apps that I use the most. Okay, okay, interesting. I, I like that, I like that. It's very, it's, it's very funny. Uh, but but about Google Hubs, I think you you all have um all I, I guess I have used literally all Google. I don't know, but all of them use Google. Like Gigazaki tell me that he use also Google Google Mail like Gmail, and uh, every time people you say the same thing. I don't know why Google is everywhere, but you know, I understand that uh, it's important because they have qualified information, right? Um, okay, so I'm not sure they have qualified information. They have a logarithm to allow you to follow what you normally look at. So it's, so, but I'm not sure, you know, so, but we can have a debate about this later. <laughs> okay, no problem. So why did you create the Reboot Foundation? So personally, that's why I invite you because um, your thought inspired me so much. Like, Seeing a woman like a, 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 a woman, um, uh, a man to a uh, leaders to, but focus on education, how to have next generation touch me because most people right now think about their self and don't think about what the legacy they will provide for the next generation because some of the time you have some misunderstood of legacy. Legacy is not about money for me. Legacy is about what you give to the world uh, as, as, as thoughts, as thinking. That's why also critical thinking is important. We will talk about critical thinking after. But just focus on this question. Why did you create the Reboot Foundation? So I wish I had a grander reason to have founded the foundation, but it actually is a very per simple personal story. I have okay. a daughter, Daphne who is now turning 10 this summer. And when I created the foundation, she was not quite yet eight years old. And she, you know, she, had, she, she was just about seven. And um, it was really in my interaction with her um, where she is so inundated with digital surrounding. And obviously during coronavirus, it's even worse. And we can talk about that because obviously people were homeschooled and you know they didn't have access to go to school, but um, due to the distance uh, needing to be distanced, et cetera. But um, you know, the question I asked myself was, what am I doing differently for the education of my daughter when the way she gathers information is so fundamentally different from the way I learned and how I gathered information. When I was seven, eight years old, it was the Encyclopedia Britannica that was my source of information. Um, now, um, you know, even children seven, eight years old, they go to Wikipedia, right? So um, in that matter, you know, that got me thinking, 
And what fundamentally my conclusion was that we really need to train not only ourselves as well, but also our children at a younger age that they really need to develop the skills of critical thinking because that's what's going to matter in order for them to better navigate this world and the digital age where misinformation, blogs, um, true um, educational sources, it's very hard to differentiate when you're just Googling a word, for example. So that's, that was really the genesis of why we decided to create the Reboot Foundation. Okay. It's interesting, but, but most of the time, people, I think the, the best visionary people start there with their own uh, personal program and use their own insight to share to the world. Like, it's so personal, but after that, they share it is like a gift. For me, okay, it's personal, but you share your own personal pro, um, program and transform to the world as a gift. Listen to you talk about critical thinking for me, I don't know for my listener, but for me it was a gift because I say, oh, when I was kid, well, I was very curious. Sometimes I talk with my father and uh, he was not agreeing me, but he don't say, no, you are dumb. I say, okay, we can talk, you can agree, agree, et cetera. And I think that this thing helped me to grow my thinking and have like, some way of critical thinking. I don't know I'm a critical thinker, but I think at the end of this talk, I will say, oh, I'm critical or I'm not critical thinking. Okay, so what is- Well, well you, you, you know basically that 93% um, of the population in France and in the US believe they do critical thinking well. Um, but then when you actually delve into what they're actually practicing, like um, asking questions about opposing views, uh, being analytical in their thinking, that percentage decreases quite dramatically. So it's something that we all know what it is, but we all need to practice and get better at, I think. Okay, cool. So what is critical thinking? So obviously critical thinking means a lot of things to a lot of people, but the way the Reboot Foundation, we define it, is that it's a real process that starts with reflection and it's about thinking about your own thinking or what some people call metacognition. Um, because by thinking and understanding your, the way that you think that the, about your own thinking, um, that helps you to be more objective and analytical about situations and problems and to be able to differentiate relevant and non-relevant information be more tolerant about opposing views. So um, the, the fundamental genesis of critical thinking is based around metacognition and being able to think on, think about your own thinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, and say, you, say, you say on your tell and tell talk, so like the most important value to be, to be a critical thinker is about being humble and be confident. Like how, you can mix and up these two things and how you help Daphne to, you know, increase this confidence and at the same time, this humility. Yeah, so clearly um, a, a strong element of being able to critical think is uh, management of your own emotions. And obviously if you're feeling insecure, you're not necessarily gonna express yourself. If you don't express yourself or argument sort of your position, 
then you can't even really communicate with somebody who may have an opposing view. So, so that's where the confidence level, the management of emotions uh, needs to happen. Now, if you're overly arrogant, and by the way, you can all see, obviously have a debate that people who are overly arrogant are actually also people who tend to be most insecure as well. So because from their communication, they, you know, that's how they, it manifests itself. Mm. But clearly if you are too arrogant, then you're less susceptible to listen to other people's views um, and to question actually your own thinking, which is why um, you need a combination of the two. Wow, 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 wow. It's a revelation for me because um, I understand right now what's like uh, emotional intelligence is very important because most of the time people say uh, that it's important to have some critical science, like Q, uh, QR, like intellectual uh, question. But the emotional question is more better because if you have good way to manage your emotion, you can you can have the good way to like analyze, to accept the different thought, the situation, and have a good relation with human beings. Because most of the time we interact with our own self, we interact with people, and uh, you know, is uh, is everything to have these things about like manage your emotions. Like you 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 reveal me something that right now like. I'm impressed. Thanks so much. No, but, it, but it's clearly something that's important in interaction, uh, you know, with individuals and other human beings, but it's also important in your interaction with information. Um, you know, this is why uh, people critique often social media, because the way the algorithm works with social media, um, it's, it's there to sell. It's there for, that, for you to click. It's there for you so that you spend more time on it. So it naturally plays on your emotion. And that's why you can often see, you know, postings of people that become very emotional, very politicized on political topics, on various subjects, because the actual um, platform itself is designed to play with your emotions. And that's exactly why in this digital age, you know, we, it's important that we teach children how to manage their emotions um, as part of the rubric to be able to be better critical thinkers. Wow. So, so uh, another question, I don't prepare that, but I think you can have an answer. Like, is, is about the, um, uh, I can say that. So like, how you can be more analy analytic than rea reactive? Like, because most of the time on social media, people don't analyze, people react. What a different to react than analyze because before giving some thoughts, you must to analyze to say, oh, is real, uh, is right, is or is not right, is it fake news or not fake news. But most of the time, when we saw something on social media, we react like, oh, I saw a movie or I see a picture, oh, this picture is not good. Uh, like, for instance, people say, when people say, share the, the hashtag Black is Matter, many people say, no, why Black Matter? All Black, all life matter. But it's not about semantics, it's about the context. Like, if you think before, you don't, you can say, okay, I'm agree, I'm not agree, but you can don't, you can just like not react also. It will be also another way to uh, express yourself. You can not react, but most people are react on this thing. What do you, what do you think about re reaction versus analy analyze? 
I mean, I mean, the challenges that we have in society today is everything is conducive to instant gratification, right? And naturally, such reaction to emotional points, mm-hmm. um, you know, the very simple thing to avoid it is to actually take a step back, not react to something immediately, but give yourself time to pause and mm-hmm. to think. And the challenge that we have today is, you know, um, you're at a dinner table, you have a question, people instantly at the dinner table will go to their iPhone and type in the question um, to get an answer. So, you know, you can argue that there's a new level of efficiency and productivity of information thanks to it. it, it that's fair. But what 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 that creates is this natural reactivity, this gratification and constantly reacting on the spot. And in reality, critical thinking actually is slow thinking. You know, I mentioned it's about metacognition, it's about thinking about your own thinking. You can't do that if you're in the reaction. I'm not saying you need 24 hours to think about something, but it's truly giving your in yourself time to pause, to think about the question, to rephrase the question, and as you mentioned, to contemplate what the sources are. Is there a better source? Are there multiple sources that you need to review? And that gives you that opportunity and the time to actually um, be be a better, you know, have a better reflection on the matter. Yeah. Okay. So why does uh, critical thinking matter? So there have been multiple studies that show that actual critical thinking skills are more important than um, IQ intelligence. Um, the benefits of critical thinking is that you know um, studies have shown that you know it's better for get being hired for promotions, and um, actually there's even studies that show that. Uh, people who are better critical thinkers have less risk of being over indebted. Um, So it's a skill set that's very important um, just in in terms of actual um, society community. But also if you look at studies that show what are the key critical skills that people have in the next coming three to five years or even 10 years, critical thinking uh, skills is always in the top three. Wow. Okay. Great insight. So, uh, what, how society can help young people to think critically? Uh, because I saw your article, I think on LinkedIn, you explained that how young generation can uh, knowing what is fake news, etc. And this article, we wrote this article, I think in 2017. Uh, it was very really impressed to saw how you announced what is really happening. Because right now, young people struggling with what is uh, important like COVID-19, uh, like uh, racism, blah, 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 Trump, new election, mostly in US, but a mo- little bit in, in Europe too, you know, European talk about like how we can protect the planet, but young people actually try to under their way to thinking. And you are already announced this in 2017, if I'm not sure on your article. So, so, so um, you know, I, I think um, critical thinking starts um, at home. You know, you mentioned about how you, when you, when you listen to my TED talk, you appreciated how your father uh, was open to having a discussion with you. 
Um, it's exactly that kind of um, example. We don't have to theorize what critical thinking is. It's just very basic practice in the home when you're in the metro with your child, um, especially now with coronavirus um, confinement, people had more time to spend with their children at home um, as they were teleworking. And it's, it's really about um, helping your children um, better reason by asking a lot of why questions to your children, not rather than them asking you a question about something and just giving the you know, two word answer. It's, it's actually helping your child argument better and also helping them walk through what may be flawed in their own reasoning. Um, and, and, you know, we already talked about, and actually even helping your child understand what, what is metacognition. You know, it's one great example is, is how the French uh, teach math, right? Yeah. Um, in the US, you have a multiple choice, you do the multiplication, um, and, and you get a correct answer if the answer is right or not. In France, uh, we're often taught, even at young age, to explain how you got to the solution. And that explanation of how you got to the solution and showing that there's multiple ways to get to that solution is in effect showing your child their own way of thinking and, and opening their eyes about that. So that, that's what I keep mentioning in terms of how to help your child with metacognition. And something that we already talked about um, earlier in terms of helping your child develop emotional, um, emotional intelligence, especially from um, the capability to manage better emotions. That's something that you can really start at a young age. And I think it's our responsibility as adults, as parents, as godparents um, to, to, to help develop um, our children. And not, it's not at the teenager level, it really starts at a very young age, um, these types of skills. Okay, cool. So, um, what is a process to be a critical thinker or thought leader? I mean, that, that, that this, this answer could help me to say if I'm critical thinker or thought leader. <laughs> if I am them. <laughs> Just, just joking. I'm joking. Uh, the process to well, well, those are two different questions, right? How how do you be a thought leader and how do you be a critical thinker? Um, yeah. I think mm -hmm. when we talk about thought leader, it, it often talks about um, you know um, kind of vision and whatnot. I mean, um, but often a vision can just be only empty words if you don't actually execute behind it and have some breath behind it. So they are clearly linked. Um, and um, the, the real process of being a critical thinker, you know, I, I think I would kind of cut it into three dimensions. One is analyzing and documenting and giving proof to your original hypothesis. So it's not just anecdotes. It's not just description of your experience. It's actually factually based what your argument, what, what, what is um, behind your hypothesis. Um, the, the, the second is obviously how you phrase and position the problem. Because if you don't actually clearly articulate the problem, 
then you might not address the actual question um, appropriately. And then the third, which people forget, is really asking the question, what am I missing? Um, and deliberately forcing yourself to look at opposing views and coming up with counter arguments so that you have a little bit more um, reflection in terms of maybe that you may be biased um, and that you may not have considered other perspectives. And that is what I think are the key three processes of a true critical thinker of what they do on important matters. Okay, cool, interesting. So I have the, I think this is the, before the last question, because uh, we are, we are not far, our, our talk, I, I very appreciate I think I will invite you again for another episode because you have too much to say about critical thinking and uh, <laughs> education of kids, blah, 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 and so on. Uh, I don't have kids, but I, I, I prepare myself to have a kid because like, it's important too. You have nieces um, and nephews. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So, how did you find your narrative? Like right now, I find my narrative like because I make a post because of coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, why I'm here on this planet? Why I do what I do? And finally I say, okay, I'm this planet because I want to improve people to know more about diversity, but not just about diversity, diversity and happiness. Because think that all human beings must be happy and to be happy, the, the beginning for me, the beginning of happiness is just accept the, the fact that my perspective is not your perspective. All you want to be at their perspective and their own world, own bubble. But we can be in the same room with, with our own bubble and live. And we must to be not scared about the perspective, the perspective of another people or some uh, somebody else. And uh, and I say, okay, right now. I will have this narrative for next decade, for the next, because I can change, but for the next decade, I, will, I won't be focused on these things. And when I saw you, I saw like more than 10 videos, and you say the same narrative, like you can change something <laughs> in terms of content, and you are not the only, all thought leaders I follow, like Eric Thomas, but like uh, Steve Wozniak, all these people, big people, have narrative and use their narrative in the same way 10, 30 years. You know, Martel thing also have the same narrative. How did you find your narrative? So I'm a much more simple person than that. Um, okay. I, I, I guess my narrative is fundamentally that, especially education, it's such a broad topic. It's so difficult. Everything has circumstances. Um, every child is not the same, thank God. Um, so my, my goal is not to give a general framework on how to improve education. Um, my goal was really to just focus on a very narrow and what you call narrative, which is how can I help society um, to advance um, evangelize and to really promote um, the need for more development of critical thinking um, for adults and for children. So I went narrow, um, but in terms of funding and everything else, 
Um, we, we're not trying to cover every, it's, we're not trying to cover creativity. We're not, you know, none of that. We're just focusing on critical thinking. And I think that helps our foundation be much more focused. And um, so our, our ambition, some people may say it's not as ambitious, but for, for me, it just helps us um, as a foundation stay much more focused and hopefully we can be more articulate and we could actually do more coherent and relevant research around the topic. Okay, cool. So what is your perspective for happiness? So everybody has a different definition of happiness. And for, for me, and you know, I'm sure my husband will want me to say it's about family and whatnot, and, and he's right, obviously, but um, for me personally, as an individual, it's the liberty of thought. It's the having the independence of thought, being able to change our minds. Um, you know, um, when I hear about the political point system in China, that's the kind of thing that scares me for me personally, because for me, happiness is being as a human being, having that liberty to be open-minded in our thought and also being able to change our minds. Um, that's a real luxury. Yeah. 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 So very appreciate. So like, I want to you now, right now, give us a final role, like meeting you, you talk to your children, your friend, your sister, you know, like if you have some message to, uh, to share with people like real personal because I, I saw you as simply simplest person because I tried to <laughs> put you high and you say, oh basically no 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 I'm simple person <laughs> please. Uh give us some final word if your the simplest final words you have in your pocket um for my audience and uh, yeah. During this pandemic, rather than stress and worry about it, think of it as an opportunity. This is a period when schools are going to rethink how they teach children. Parents have a new relationship with their children. Um, and so we should take advantage of this opportunity um, to actually adapt in our own different way how to develop skill, critical thinking skills of our own self but also of our loved ones and our children. Great, so thanks so much. Thanks so much, Elaine. And uh, I already say I would invite you again because <laughs> you have too much to say and I, and I learned a lot. My, 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 you know, I have a lot of things in my head right now and I want to learn again because I, I don't have a lot of video of you on Google. If I like 100, I will watch every, every video. <laughs> and thanks so much for your time. And uh, yeah, keep in touch. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please subscribe and share it. Share this podcast with your friend and your family. See you next time. Have a blessed day.